everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. It's my pleasure to welcome Paul Allure back to the show to talk about his latest horror anthology. We had him on previously to talk about uh, the uh, Pink Midnight Butterfly House, and now yep. uh, Pink Midnight is back with Barber Psychic, which has me really excited. Uh, at, Paul and I were just talking before uh, we started recording. It's already over halfway there. Uh, so we really want to get it across the French finish line and maybe hit some of those stretch goals. Uh, but for those that uh, aren't familiar, don't know what the story's about, uh, give us the elevator pitch, Paul. What's uh, Barber Psychic about? Sure. I'm always surprised by that question. <laughs> That's the <laughs> most basic one in the world. Uh, Barber Psychic is about a barber who can see your future every time he cuts your hair. And not just like glimpses. He sees like your entire future spool out in front of him. Um and because of this, he sees everything that you see and hear and feel. It also gives him a, a sense of the history of the, of the world. Like, like he sees, you know, wars and tragedies like through, through their eyes. Um, so basically he knows a lot about the future, both of individuals and of the world at large. And what he decides to do with this extraordinary power is nothing. Uh, he, works very hard to not reveal it to anyone and to um to not do anything that might affect the future. And the issue actually tracks 80 years of his life. It starts when he's like 15 years old and just learning his father's barbering trade uh, of how, how that decision impacts him and like the psychological toll of, of doing that and whether he made the right decision or not. Yeah, it's so interesting. Such a different type of story than what we had with the Butterfly House, which was yeah. a little more esoteric. It was a silent comic. Um, and really, uh, a lot of the horror, you know, because of that was, was so, uh, visual in nature and sort of a creepy vibe. This is almost more psychological, like you mentioned, uh, exploring the toll that this would take on someone. Like at, at first you think, oh, well, that would be a cool power to have. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, God, what a burden. How stressful to walk around with that all the time, right? Yeah, it'd be terrible. <laughs> Awful. How do you – And, of course, like, if, if you tell someone, how are they going to react, you know? Yeah, first of all, they're not going to believe you until you prove right. it to them. But then you would have, you know, the government come in to run tests on you, and you'd have, you know, be, you'd never have a moment's peace, people wanting to right. know their future and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I have to ask another one of those kind of standard questions. Um, yeah, I, I know you love exploring uh, ideas like this and, and, you know, the psychology of it. Is this something that you've had in your back pocket for a while? Knew you'd make it a part of the Pink Midnight anthology? I've had the title in my back pocket for a while. Uh, me and my friend Joey Grow, I think it was 12 years ago, around then, were at, uh, walking around Manhattan during New York Comic Con. And we passed by uh, a shop that had like two signs, one on top of each other that like were the same design and the same font, but advertising two different businesses inside. And of course it was Barber Psychic. And we both, <laughs> looked, at, we both looked at each other and was like, yeah, there's, there's something there. <laughs> there's something there. Um, so yeah, but, but it was just a title for a long time. It didn't develop into a story until over, I don't really actually know, like with Butterfly House, I talked about how it kind of came to me in a dream with this one. I honestly can't remember developing the story. I think it just kind of like, Something I've been rolling around in my head for so long it just kind of slowly accrued and and, and became what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I for the last 
few years, uh, I, I thought that it would be good for, for Pigment I Presents when I, when I finally got that up and rolling. And, um, yeah, I was able to do something with it. Yeah. And I, I, I do wonder, you know, um, the character, the, the psychic barber in the story, he does very much feel like an, an everyman, but this feels like one of those stories where, you know, you experience it, you see the decisions that he makes. And it just, it engenders itself to put yourself in his shoes and really yeah. wonder, God, what would, what would I do? Um, so are you looking forward to the reaction people have and getting that conversation started? Yeah, that, that that's going to be awesome. I know that me personally, I wouldn't be able to keep that kind of a secret. I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would have to tell someone. <laughs> um, and really there's an incredible strength in him to, to do like, it, in a way, I think you could look, look at doing nothing as like a, a form of cowardice, but I think it's actually like, incredible resolve to to just go through without um yeah even when he starts to like realize the limitations of his powers and like some some different things um but yeah he just um and and then there's a well that happens pretty deep in the story so never mind (laughs) yes i'm looking forward to that conversation very much (laughs) well and the another aspect of it is you you know when i think about well if i had that power and I, if I decided to tell people, it's like, you know, not only the stress and the responsibility of being uh, found out, but also I'm no d- different or better or worse than anyone else. So yeah, like what makes me worthy of having the power? And then, you know, who do you tell? Who do you not tell? Should you be messing with people's lives? Like, oh, my God, it just it, right. the brain, the mind just boggles. Really, it does. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, it's the creative team from um, Butterfly House coming back. Uh, was it like riding a bike? Was it great to get back together and, and uh, start building a, a new story for uh, for Pink Midnight? Oh, yeah. I worked with both of them a ton. Um, Juan and I have been working together for like 13 years. Uh, he, literally, he literally drew my first story that was completed. Um, I think I had given another artist a story before that, but uh, he was in my first anthology clockwork um which was 12 five page stories by all different artists and juan was the first person to turn their pages in so he was literally the first person who drew like art of a script i'd written and i was able to look at and go holy cow this is this is a comic wow <laughs> um so yeah uh and then we did a, a mini series together um which you can get uh, through the digital pack or the get everything pledged <laughs> in this, in this crowdfunder strange nation, which is really great. Um, so yeah, yeah. Juan and I had really have a, a great shorthand, uh, at this point. And Claire, I've, I've worked with on, on, on a few different things throughout the years and she just always, uh, pushes me in, in directions that sometimes not comfortable going in, but that's, that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, working with Claire is fantastic. And I think the three of us make a really, really great team and we're yeah. going to hopefully do a lot more of these. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, more to come now. Um, it, it's a different, a little bit of a different side. It's, it's, you know, clearly one style, but his styles is a, a little bit different maybe than, you know, you might expect when we talk about horror. And I can't remember if we talked about this when we talked about Butterfly House, but it is kind of a grounded style, more of a realistic style, clean line work, not, not muddy. Um, so what is it about his artwork you think that just lends itself to? to your narration and, and really gets the story across in a very well paced way. That's another thing about his artwork. It's just yeah. the pacing of it is so good. Is it just, just a natural fit? Anything you can put your finger on? I think he's so good at character work, which is a big thing uh, in, in my stuff is like 
the, the, the small moments um, he nails so well. There's also some stuff that he adds to the storytelling. There's a scene in this where a woman is in a doctor's office crying, and a nurse is like coming over and handing her a box of tissues behind the two people who are talking. And like that wasn't in the script. I was like, oh, that's that's that's, that's exactly what you know what happens in hospitals. Right. Um, so that's um, that's a really fantastic little little storytelling touch there. But no, yeah, he's and his, his his work is just so. I mean. The main reason I thought it would be good for this because of the, the fantastic character work and also because his black and white uh, art is just so luscious and so um, beautiful. Um, I just I just love it so much. And it actually, like, I – he also on his Instagram does a lot of – posts up a lot, a lot of, like, horror stuff, um, like a lot of you know, much more straightforward horror stuff like monsters and, you know um, – horrific images and that kind of thing. Like he thought he really likes drawing that stuff. So that was the other thing that made me think that like, he can, he can do the grounded stuff. He can also go to weird places Like he can do all the things I would need for this kind of a, kind of a project. And plus I was just looking for an excuse to work with him again. Um, <laughs> and the pacing you mentioned, yeah, I, I recognized how great his pacing uh, is. And that's why I'm writing these books, largely Marvel style, where like just page by page, I tell him what happens on the page. And then I also put in the dialogue from the start as opposed to like, you know, the traditional Marvel style. The dialogue doesn't come in until the end, but I can't do that. Like my dialogue is like really important to me. Um, but yeah, as, and then just allow him to, to really, uh, do the pacing. Like when I talked to him about that early on, I was like, you know, are you, are you cool with this? Um, do you want to do this? Would this be a pain in the butt for you? And he's like, oh, I'm, just, I'm cool with it. Um, so it's been interesting. And it, it's honestly like kind of, um, hard for me to give up that level of control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I really have to, it really is a true collaboration. I really have to like, you know, seed a lot of power to him and, and the results are amazing. Um, and he does stuff that like I wouldn't write because like I I'm not gonna write like an eight panel page for someone as a rule. Is just without talking to first. I try try not to do that unless we've discussed it as part of the style. Um, it's a lot of very very yeah. He, he says a lot, not just not just dense pages, but he does a lot of things that like I wouldn't write for someone because I wouldn't you know either think to or or you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm very tired, by the way. So <laughs> you're going to get some rambly answers here. No, that's perfect. That's uh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's the right. other thing, you know, I I kind of mentioned this having such a different tone and feel uh, than Butterfly House did, but still very much in that kind of that horror genre. You know, maybe yeah. this one's a little more psychological, like like we said, kind of the, the stress and the weight of of uh, that power on your shoulders. Um, is that? Is that something, and I think we might have talked about this last time. Is that something for you that horror really lends itself to? Like it's so malleable. There's so many different directions you can come at it from. And then you get that connection with the reader because, you know, as a reader, we're all bringing our own kind of experiences and our own fears, if you will, uh, to it. Yeah, absolutely. I do think as a genre, like you said, like it really taps into your own personal fears. Um, and it's, this is definitely horror that is more like, you know, existential horror. Um, Rather than like you know jump scares and gore that kind of thing, right. I'm hope this book will stick with people, and make them go like, oh, boy, that's that was that's kind of disturbing. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with Butterfly House, people were like, oh, this is really weird, and I was like, yeah, that was that was, that was the idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, this one's definitely a lot more straightforward of a story. Probably of the first five um, issues that we have planned, this one's definitely like the most straightforward. The rest of them are all significantly weirder in terms of structure and and story but this one is just um 
pretty straightforward, but just very, very, uh, like I said, just existential horror makes you, makes you kind of ponder, like you said, what you would do in that situation. And, um, and really like the, I mean, Clarence kind of is all of us because we all can look out at the world and go like, this isn't going in a good direction. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, right. like, like, um, he just, he just is, is certain. And, and, and that, that, um, gives him a, a different kind of dread, but, but his dread is, is the dread we all feel. And I think that's kind of what we're tapping into with this book is the dread we all feel about the future and how we're all trying to just navigate it day by day and figure out what the best thing to do is. Yeah. I mean, the unknown is, is scary, right? I mean, that's what a lot of horror, you know, even when we get yeah. into horror, like jump scare, uh, like you were mentioning, or, or, you know, those kind of stalker films or whatever, you never know what's right around the corner. Uh, and so, yeah, the future is something that, you know, uh, we're not Clarence. We can't actually know, but we, yeah, the way things are going right now, it is scary to think, uh, if things keep in the direction we're going, you know, at least in this country, um, yeah, the possibilities are, are, they're not pleasant. There's right. an uncomfortableness to it. Um, and certainly when you start talking about, you know, over the lifespan of someone as long lived as Clarence is, uh, which it always is so, uh, amazing to me, like people that were born like right around 1900 or in 19, like all the things they've seen, right. For the invention yeah. of like television and jet airplanes, automobiles, you know, computers, internet, all that sort of stuff. Uh, in a way it is kind of like time traveling mm-hmm. uh, as you were developing this story. Did you know, okay, I'm really going to, we're really going to follow this guy for like that length of time, knowing it was going to be eight plus decades. Um, I don't think at first again, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever like distinctly deciding that, but I I definitely don't think it was baked in at the beginning. I think it was a lot more, um, limited at the beginning. And then I just, it's just just kind of where the, where the story went and where it felt like it needed to go that Mm -hmm. I feel like you you needed to see the rest of his life and how this, how this impacted him all the way forward to very close to the end of his life. Yeah, again, it makes it probably feel more like a uh, a complete story, right? Like you're getting that moment where he cuts hair for the first time, realizes this happens to him when he cuts hair. Yeah, uh, all the way, you know, married, has kids, like you know that. I'm sure that affects him and his decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, in fact, there's a, a scene in the one of the preview pages on the the zoo page, everyone, where he he's he's got his uh, barber scissors there and, and kind of his nightstand table and his wife's there asleep. And he contemplates, you know, should I cut her hair? Should I not? I was like, yeah. Oh man, the resolve to not, you know, mm-hmm. but I get it. Uh, because at the same time, you, no one wants to know their own future. At least I think you would. Right. What if right. it's something terrible? <laughs> There's- yeah. Yeah. He also earlier than that does cut his own hair. I think right. that's in the preview pages as well, and, and it doesn't work. So he's like, oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, again. Which is good. I think, because, again, the way he does, like, exp- he doesn't just see your future, but he experiences everything you experience, um, right. like, sensory-wise. I think that'd be a weird loop of, you know, having that, having that happen with yourself. Yeah. I think that'll make a person go crazy. Yeah, exactly. You get stuck in that, uh, in, in that loop forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, beyond just the, uh, the book that you can get from the tiers. Uh, and again, everybody, it's over halfway funded, uh, as we're recording this. Um, so the goal's, uh, only 4,000 and we're at 2292 currently. Um, so obviously there's, uh, digital 
versions of the book. There's print copy. What are some of the other tiers, Paul, that, uh, that people uh, can get their hands on? Uh, one big thing is if you missed the butterfly house, uh, you can pick that up as well. They're completely standalone stories. You don't have to, but, um, you should because they're both amazing. Um, there's a really amazing, there's a, the, the B cover is stunning. It's a mm-hmm. watercolor cover by Jody Edwards. Um, and it's just incredible. You can get the, a print of it through the get everything pledge, which gets you both covers, uh, and the print and a cool little pin that we did. Um, and a digital package of some past, um, books that, that Juan and I have done, including that strange nation miniseries that I mentioned. Um, there's a, there's a tier to have yourself drawn into the book, which is very cool. I saw someone snapped up one of the two of those today. There's still one left. Uh, you can get an art commission from Juan. Uh, you can get any original page from the book. Um, and the big one that I'm shocked is still there, honestly, is, um, the original painting that Jody did for the, for the B cover, like her original, watercolor painting which is huge it's 24 by 18 which is a pretty honking big painting um and and yeah it's it's a it's up there as well oh and a script critique for me yeah because i can't can't forget that but (laughs) yeah that b cover is amazing i'm i'm a little surprised myself that nobody snatched it up because it is such a gorgeous piece yeah Uh, a a friend of mine emailed me today and was like i want it so bad i can't afford it i want (laughs) someone else to buy it so that i stop like stop debating it (laughs) uh yeah you did mention getting drawn into the book which uh is such a cool thing uh Mm -hmm. and a lot of crowd uh, funding uh, campaigns do this but this one's a little bit different um Mm -hmm. in in terms of what you and juan decided to do so oftentimes you're drawn to the book you're a background where you're like a dead body or you're a zombie or whatever. Right. You're somebody that's sitting in a barber chair. You're in the foreground. You're having your hair cut by either Clarence or his father. That is yeah. like so cool. Was that something you and Juan knew you were going to do right uh, from the start? Uh, yeah. In the, in the script, I, I, I put like, you know, in this panel, don't draw these guys faces because <laughs> we're, we're going to use that for the, for the get drawn into the comic. Yeah. That, that was something that, that, uh, the Zoop guys mentioned, uh, on Butterfly House. They're like, Hey, you should do this. And for one thing, Butterfly House had like a very small cast. So mm-hmm. there really weren't any background characters. And also the art was already like completely done. Um, when we started it. So I was like, Oh, I'll have to have to keep that in mind for, for future issues. Yeah. So hopefully each subsequent issue, we can come up with something interesting like that where, where, you know, you're, somewhat present the nice the next one features a lifeguard so maybe you know you're you're running by the pool and she's yelling at you or something <laughs> <laughs> she's giving you maybe she's giving you mouth to mouth uh, yeah, exactly. you know, kind of like um what is it uh sandlot right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh well you mentioned the next one uh and uh, i think you mentioned before that i uh, have the first five planned is it uh same yeah. creative team you guys are are going to uh, stay to stay together for this first five of these Oh yeah, all the way to hell. <laughs> Literally, right? With some uh, ooh, right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the fourth one, oof, boy, that's, that's the darkest thing I have ever written, and I've written some dark stuff in my career. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, best of luck with the campaign. Look forward to checking out this one and subsequent uh, installments of uh, Pink Midnight. Again, uh, like we said, horror just lends itself to uh, to these stories in, in such a great way. So I'll throw it back over to you, Paul, uh, one last time. Anything else you want the listeners to know? But before I do that, I do want to remind everybody, 
the best way you can help Paul out and uh, his fellow uh, creative team on the book, other than joining the campaign and joining the, the great community over at Zoop and supporting this, is to share it on social media. Let's get the word out. This is a, a story I think that's a really relatable. Clarence really is this every man, uh, and I think a lot of us at various times in our life, we we both have regrets, and we have the, you know, wish we knew what was going to happen, uh, right, the ability to see the future. So I think a lot of people can relate to this. So share it on social media, let your comic book shop know, uh, maybe they want to order a, a retailer package or something like that. Let's spread the word uh, and make sure everybody that wants to join the campaign gets a, a chance to. So uh, any last thoughts, anything else you want our listeners to know, Paul? Uh, when does this go out? You know, uh, I'd probably go out tomorrow or Friday. Okay. Um, next Wednesday, if you had your comic shops, I have an X-Men annual, uh, one shot coming out and I have team and T versus street fighter, which has been uh, coming out monthly. Um, I think we're on up to issue three now, but yeah, the main thing, I mean, I've already been paid for those things. So really you just want to get to zoop um, yeah. and, <laughs> and back Barbara psychic. Uh, you can find me on most social media at Paul Aller on Instagram at Paul D Aller. Or no, Paul Dot Aller. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic book. Um, and it's, it's something different. Uh, it's, it's something where we're very intentionally just doing what we want on these books rather than thinking about the market. Um, I know there is a market for this book, but it's not really the, the mainstream comic book market. But, you know, we, we can only keep doing these if people do support us. So if this is all sounded, cool to you i do encourage you to come and check it out and i know that you will not be disappointed because it's uh it's pretty great yeah and again there'll, there'll be a link in the show notes everybody uh to go and check out the campaign page i'll put a link to paul's social media as well uh, yeah i just highly encourage you take a couple seconds take a couple minutes go over to the zoo page check out those preview pages it pulls you in right away i mean it just feels like such a grounded story with such a just a great idea, just an idea that that really gets you thinking, which are my favorite kind of comics, comics that stick with you after you read it. You're still thinking about it later. What a great story it was. You put yourself in Clarence's shoes, um, not necessarily cut people's hair, but, you know, what you would do right. if you could, uh, you could see the future. But, uh, Paul, again, best of luck with the campaign, over 50% funded in just a, a couple of days. So uh, you're well on your way. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. And to all you listeners, want to thank you for joining. As always, uh, we appreciate the support. Don't forget to go uh, and support Barbara Psychic and look for Paul's other work out next uh, Wednesday, X-Men Annual, as uh, he mentioned, on uh, September 20th. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.